I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. You know, the art of teaching is repeating, and the more we hear the Scripture, the more we understand it, the more it'll build faith so that we can operate in the gifts of the Spirit or be open for the Holy Spirit to, to move in our midst, whether it be corporately or individually or wherever we find ourselves on the streets, streets evangelism, these gifts can operate um, anywhere that the Holy Spirit is. And you guys are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. And you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, according to Luke 4. So you can operate in these things. It's not just for people who are in leadership. It's for everyone. The Bible says these signs will follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick. The sick will recover. They'll cast out devils. So we just want to have that mindset that these gifts are not just for a few elite to operate in them, especially as we come into living in the last days. You know, God said in the last days, I'm going to pour out of my spirit. Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. And we talked about it before. We'll say it again that Kenneth Hagin said in, in you can actually read about it in his book, I Believe in Visions, that there's going to come a day in an hour where the, the gifts are going to be in manifestation to such a degree that it's going to be said that, the, the, that those that are going to be like the disciples, they have literally turned the world upside down. And you know this, that where sin abounds, grace does so much more abound. And there's a lot of things going on in the world today. We just had another shooting in Brooklyn. My kids actually, two of my son and his wife actually live in Manhattan. You know, there's just a lot of trauma and a lot of bad things happening in the world. And that's why this is a perfect atmosphere and environment for the Holy Spirit to manifest himself. But we just need to be open. We need to be receptive. We need to understand how he flows and how we operate and not grieve him, not say no to his unction, not you know, reason him out, but just be open to what he desires to do. So we're going to go ahead and um, we're going to begin reading at 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 1 says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant or uninformed. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus of curse. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but it's always the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given. And now here they are, the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another, faith by the same spirit, to another, gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another, working in miracles, to another, prophecy, 
to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, um, to another interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are still one body, so also is Christ. So those are the gifts of the spirit. And we said that there's the revelation gifts. The revelation gifts are the gifts that reveal something. And they are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. There's the inspirational gifts, and those are going to be the ones that we will, we will get to at the very end. They're the gifts that say something. Um, oh, there's prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And then there's what we're going to talk about tonight. There's the power gifts. Now, the power gifts are the gifts that do something which includes the gift of faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles. So what personally, what I've been believing God for are the power gifts to be in manifestation. And when we're in our meetings publicly and corporately, I always like to quote Acts 10, 44. And that scripture is, is um, says that while Peter yet spoke the word, the Holy Spirit fell on all them that heard the word now you know he, he was preaching he was teaching and while he was teaching and preaching the holy spirit fell on the people fell on the listeners and 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 what i'm desiring and, and coveting because we said we can covet and desire these gifts is for the power gifts to be in manifestation in our meetings and we we learned about Catherine coleman that that's what she had in manifestation in her meetings, the power gifts, and those are the gifts that do something. And before we define them, there were people that would come into her meetings that didn't like her. They were reporters, they were naysayers, there were people that were critical of her, and they would come into her meetings to discredit her, to make up articles about her, to write bad things about her. And some of those people were the very ones that received healing by the power of God. So when we talk about the power gifts, we're talking about what I would define them as the gifts of grace. It's the grace of God just manifesting on himself, himself to whoever he wills. Now, notice we've read over and over that these gifts are given severally as he wills. So if he desires to heal some person who comes into a meeting, you know, that has that is completely ungodly that's his choice okay so we're believing god for this again i want you just to hear me out acts 10 44 this is what we're believing god for and and i think what's going to happen as we approach these last days i believe that there, there's just going to be a lot of surprises that are going to manifest in our corporate meetings in and through people one-on-one -on -one, and it's going to be a surprise but it's not going to be by might, it's not going to be by power, it's not going to be by our own uh, self-will or anything, it's going to be by the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit desires to manifest himself, and he desires to demonstrate himself, and he desires to show himself strong, not only in the behalf of those whose hearts are perfect toward him, but his heart is to, to win the loss, and you know, the Bible says that it's the goodness of God 
that leads men and women to repentance. And when one way that God can show his goodness and his mercy is by manifesting these power gifts. So I personally, this is where I'm at. I really covet these things. I really desire these things to manifest. You know, we've had a lot of um, prophecy and word of knowledge and tongues interpretation, word of wisdom, but we haven't as of yet seen the power gifts. So I just want to put that bug in your ear for you to, um, to desire and covet them together because as we covet them together as a body, you know, and, 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 and covet them in unity, the spirit of God, that's where he can command his blessings um, according to, to Psalms 133. So let's talk about, we're gonna, I'm gonna review the gift of faith. The gift of faith says is, it's in 1 Corinthians 12, nine, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same uh, spirit. The Amplified calls uh, faith, special faith. This one is the greatest of all the power gifts and, is, and these power gifts are actually listed in the order of their importance. When we talk about the gift of faith, we're not talking about saving faith. According to Ephesians 2a, where it says, by grace, are you saved through faith? It's not of yourself. It is a gift of God, okay? We're talking about special faith, the manifestation of one of the nine gifts, because we know that faith, just regular faith can grow because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, okay? So we know that it can grow and we know that there's saving faith. So, but again, we're not talking about faith as we know that can grow. We're talking about special faith. We're not talking about general faith. Mark 11, 23 and 24 says, Jesus said, I tell you, whoever will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. Okay, whenever you pray, believe you receive it and you'll have it. But we're not talking about general faith, the faith that we all have that can grow, the faith of a mustard seed, saving faith. Okay, faith that can grow, so it comes by hearing and hearing. We're talking about special faith, the manifestation of the gifts of the spirit the gift that does something. Now, this gift is, is as miraculous as all the other gifts are. The gift of faith is of the spirit to the believer that might receive miracles. The gift of faith is a gift of the spirit given to the believer, again, that he might receive a miracle. One receives and the other does. Working of miracles works the miracle. Gift of faith trusts for the miracle. And it just goes beyond your ordinary human faith. It is a faith beyond faith. Um, I think it was um, Smith Wigglesworth that operated in the gift of faith. And he pulled people up out of, out of the bed and slammed them against the wall and commanded life to come into them. What is that? That's not a general, ordinary kind of faith. It was the kind of faith that took a hold of his believing that God was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all he asked, hope, dream, or desire. He believed it, but something took a hold of them, him that changed him into another man. And it was just, the, it was the gift of faith. 
Okay, now remember we said that when we talk about all the gifts in general, that we, 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 they're all closely associated. So we're separating them to teach on them. Okay, so um, now we don't have to rely on this faith for our prayers to be answered. If we had to rely on the gift of faith to get our prayers answered, then not everyone would get their prayers answered. And I think it's important to clarify this. All have general faith. The gift of faith is a supernatural manifestation of special faith. Okay, so here's an example of the gift of faith. Number one, when Daniel was in the lion's den, you know, people, people make songs up about Daniel in the lion's den, but that was not ordinary human faith. That was the gift of faith in operation. God gave him special faith a special manifestation to receive deliverance. Daniel didn't do anything but sleep. His faith was passive, not active. Yet he received a miracle, which was personal protection. And then we find in Matthew 8, 20, uh, 24 through 27, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves but he was asleep. He's speaking of Jesus and his disciples came to him and woke him up saying, Lord, save us. We're perishing. But he said to him, why are you so fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Then he arose, rebuked the winds and the seas, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled saying, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obeys him? Jesus did what he did. Remember on the earth, by the power of the Holy Spirit. He did no mighty works until the scripture is found in Luke 4, until he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. So he ministered um, on the earth by the power of the Holy Spirit. He never worked any kind of miracles before he got baptized in the Holy Spirit. He ministered as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit, but not as the son of God. Here's another example. When Elijah was fed by ravens, 1 Kings 17, 1 through 7. Um, and Elijah said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except that my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook, uh, S-C-H-E-R-I-T-H, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded ravens to feed you there. So he went and he did according to the word of the Lord for he went and stayed by this brook which flowed into the Jordan. Now the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook and it happened after a while eventually that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then Elijah's faith had to be given to him. Elijah's faith literally had to be given to him supernaturally because it is beyond the word of God to believe that ravens would feed him. You see what I'm saying? But they brought him food night and day. This is supernatural sustenance. So when the gift of faith is an operation, it may be that nothing is seen at times immediately. It may carry over a long period of time. 
It was by the gift of faith that the patriarchs would, of old would lay hands on their children and pronounce a blessing or a curse, which would sometimes come to pass many years later. And we see it in the stories of Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph. This was the gift of faith. They just believed that it would come to pass many years later. Um, the gift of faith is a supernatural endowment by the spirit, whereby that which is uttered or desired by man or spoken by God shall eventually come to pass. The human or divine miracle, utterance or miracle, assurance, curse or blessing, creation or destruction, removal or alteration, it will ultimately come when it has been spoken by the spirit. I don't even know what this is, but sometimes when I pray, when we would do our KIU events and our United Corporate Prayer meetings, we would join multiple churches together, multiple people of prayer, just something in me. I just know that I know that I know that I know that I know that the East Coast is going to have a major move of God. And it's gonna be like a tsunami and God is gonna come in and he's going to rend the heavens and the presence of God is going to rise up within the church, within the believers. It's just something that I know that I know that I know. And I've known that I know that I've known this. I've been in ministry specifically on the East Coast for about 40 something years. Has it come to pass yet? No. We've seen little drips and little drabs and little things here and there. And we've seen great manifestations. But I'm believing God. There's something in me that says, lay hold. Of that promise lay hold of that vision and there's something in me that that just rises up and i don't know how to describe it but i believe we're going to see the glory of god in this land and in our nation and on the east coast and sometimes i wonder i'm like lord that's not like my ordinary kind of faith it's just something it's like a special faith that takes a hold of me that says yes keep on asking yes keep on seeking keep on plowing Keep on preaching. Keep on working the works of him that sent you while it is called day because a great harvest is coming. So we've just got to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labors are not in vain. And, and that's the vision that I have in my heart. And I just know that I know that I know that I know it's going to come to pass. Is it the gift of faith? There's a possibility. Have you ever been discouraged? Not really, <laughs> you know, seriously. So what is that? That's not necessarily Margie and my natural human faith. I think there's something in me that's contending for revival, that's saying, not my will, your will be done. And we know, Lord, that there's, that there's it's your desire to bring a, a manifestation of the spirit like you did in the early church, because you said in your word that, um, that the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the former. You, you know, we know that your word says, it doesn't say, but we know that what's missing in here is the amen at the, at the end of the book of Acts. So that means we're still in the church age. That means the best is yet to come. That means that we're sin abounds, grace does so much more bound. It's just something on the inside of me that says yes and amen to these promises of God that are right here in this book. So I don't know what that is. If it's a gift of faith, that would really be great because it's definitely not a natural human faith. Okay, so we mentioned Smith Wigglesworth. Um, Smith Wigglesworth said that you would often find 
Now, wouldn't it be fun if we had people in our day and our hour that would say, would, would have stories to tell about the power of God and people been being raised from the dead, you know, like Pastor Anthony or, or Pastor Joe Source or, you know, them having the stories, oh, you know, raising people from the dead. Well, it's the gift of faith that receives that kind of miracle. And then that's what we're contending for. So anyway, Smith Wigglesworth said, you would often find that if you will make a step of faith and use your own faith that you as an individual have, when you come to the end of that faith, very often this supernatural faith would take over. Okay. And, and basically what he said is that the reason this doesn't happen is because people don't even use what they have first so that something personal could take a hold of them. And it is, it is a step of faith to step out and to believe God. I know in my own meetings, like, you know, we pray, we lay hands on the sick and if they have a back problem, it takes faith to go, okay, now bend over and, and not see if, because according to the, you know, Kenneth E. Hagen, I never forgot this. If is the badge of doubt so, and, and see and, and, and exercise your faith and see how your back feels right now or telling the person to run when they haven't been able to run. That, that takes your own faith, believing God that, yeah, the signs are going to follow. Yes, this is going to happen. But it, we all have to step out and step into, I believe, our ordinary faith, our faith that can grow. And that's what causes us to be able to be used um, in these greater works. So under Wigglesworth's ministry, three different people were raised, raised from the dead. Okay. Now, the first one was raised from the dead while he was still working as a plumber. He had the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but wasn't out in active ministry as of yet. When, it came, when he came in from work one afternoon, he learned that a neighbor lady who had been sick had just died, and he began to pray. The lady was laying on the bed, he said, and I began to penetrate the heavens with my prayers with what faith I had. All the time, my wife was shaking me saying, can you imagine? Stop praying. She's already dead. It's too late. But I just kept praying. Directly, he said, I came to the end of my faith. And when I did, I was conscious of a faith that took hold of me that could not be denied. While I was praying in my own faith, it seemed like God said, no, no. But when this other faith came over me, I looked right up into heavens and said, yes, yes. The next thing I knew, without intending to do it, without even realizing I was doing it, because basically he was in the spirit. Um, he said, I got a hold of that woman, pulled her right out of the bed, stood her up against the wall, and commanded her to walk in the name of Jesus. She started breathing and started walking and was raised up. Now, that is special faith. That's what Jesus, that's what the word of God is speaking on in 1 Corinthians 12. For to one is given by the spirit, faith. Okay, now remember we said the gift of faith receives the miracle. So then that gift of faith received the miracle for this woman. She was ra raised from the dead and she started breathing. So she not only received her, her life back, but she was healed of whatever kill, was, killed her in the first place. This is all the operations of the power gifts, okay? This is beyond anyone's ordinary faith. In our ordinary faith, we could pull somebody out of bed as Wigglesworth did 
and stand them up and tell them to walk, but I don't believe they're gonna walk. It takes a supernatural manifestation of God's power to receive a miracle such as this. Okay, so the gift of faith, the gift of faith receives. Now, the working of miracles is the intervention into the ordinary course of nature. The working of miracles is, here's a definition, the intervention into the ordinary course of na nature. Now, we know that you know, people use the word miracle as a figure of speech. Oh, that was a miracle. That was a miracle. No, no. The working of miracles is literally an intervention into the ordinary course of nature. The working of miracles is as specific as in when Jesus fed the 5,000. That was a working of miracles, okay? The little boy, what did he have? He had, let's see, he had five barley loaves and two small fish. And that was hardly anything. And then Jesus just said, make the people sit down, okay? And, and there was 5,000 people. And the, the food was multiplied to such a degree that they had baskets left over. That is an intervention into the ordinary course of nature. Jesus operated in the working of miracles. The gift of faith received it, but the working of miracles came into play when 5,000 people were fed on just that small amount of food from that little boy, okay? Uh, the working of miracles was used to carry out judgment and divine discipline. And we all know the story of Ananias and Safari. You know, they lied against the Holy Ghost, you know, um, Ananias first, then Safari. And what happened is Peter said to them, you know, first of all, Ananias, why is Satan has filled your heart to lie against the Holy Ghost? You, you know, you bought that, that land for that price and now you're lying. And, and, and you know what, the next thing that happens, he heard the words, he fell down, he breathed his last breath. And then, then came, then here came along uh, Safari, his wife, same thing happened to her. That was the gift of faith, the working miracles of manifestation, whereby it brought to this couple who was lying against the Holy Ghost, divine judgment. And, and I think that that's something we need to be aware of, that in the last days, you know, as we see the, the power of God in manifestation, that it's very important to judge ourselves, lest we be judged, so that we don't end up in a situation, you know, like Ananias and Safari, okay? So then we have um, um, where the widow in Zarephath was provided for. So the working of miracles can provide for those in want. Um, there was a, okay, let's go ahead and read this particular one. Um, it's 1 Kings 17, 8 through 16. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, arise, go to Zarephath and dwell there. And he said, okay, he said, um, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Okay, so he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was gathering there. And he called her, the prophet called to her and said, please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. As she was going to set it, get it, she called, he called to her and said, um, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And then she said to him, as the Lord lives, I, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and then die. 
because that's all we have. We've had enough. There's nothing else I can give you. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it and bring it to me. And afterwards, make some for yourself and your son. Okay, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of, now doesn't the Bible say, believe in the prophets and you'll prosper? And that's what she did. She believed the word of the Lord through Elijah. She was obedient to that word. And we're going to see in the scripture that she prospered. But that prosperity didn't come by just her ordinary faith. It came by an intervention into the ordinary course of miracles. He said, the bin of flour shall not be used up nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which had been spoken by Elijah. So that was an intervention. That was a working of miracles. That was a miracle. Okay. Then we saw, we find in the book of Acts, there was a man struck a blind, and this was actually, again, they're in a move of God, they're in revival, and this was a sign to others who, who were nearby, and it just basically confirmed the word and confirmed the ministry of the apostles, okay? So they went, and they were preaching the word, they got, went through the island, they found a sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was there, and, 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 another person, an intelligent man, and this man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of the Lord. But the sorcerer withstood them seeking to turn the pro-council away from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. He was operating in the spirit. He was in the spirit, looked intently at him and said, oh, full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a darkness fell on him and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the world. That's a gift of faith in operation, okay? It's just something takes a hold of you that is not your ordinary kind of faith. And when you're in that place, you are in, in you know, I call it in the spirit, meaning you're, you're more caught up in the spirit and caught up in the, that which is rising up within you than you are in human reasoning. We find another manifestation of the gift of faith. Okay, the, the little girls raised from the dead. Okay, Jesus raises this little girl from the dead. And on the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let's cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat against the ship at, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep in the pillow. And when they awoke, he said to them, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Um, I guess I have the wrong... I guess I have the wrong reference. I'm sorry. This is when he rebuked the, the wind. Peace be still. Um, we already quoted this, but he did raise the little girl from the dead. I have the wrong reference here. And you know the story. He, you know, this little girl had died and you know everyone's crying and the parents are crying. He told all the unbelieving people to get out of the room. And then he said, daughter, 
little girl, I say unto you, arise. She woke up and he said to his parents, I'll give her something to eat. What is that? That's the, the working of miracles in operation. Here's more um, manifestations of the working of miracles. Think of, I don't know if you ever thought about this, thought about it like this, the plagues in the Egypt, the plagues in Egypt, all the boils, the hail, the crossing of the Red Sea. That was the working of miracles. You know, God told Moses, stretch out your rod. He just obeyed God. And then God came in with the working of miracles. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the waters congealed. They crossed the Red Sea. The waters went up and it congealed like jello. And they just crossed over. What is that? This is working of miracles in operation. I don't know about you. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God said, I am the Lord God that changes not. And then he says, is anything too hard for me? Why can't, guys, why can't we covet these? Why can't we crave these? Why can't we say, Lord, you know, it's, 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 it's come and, and, and rend the heavens and come down. We know that's Old Testament, but let's just say it like this, rise up within us, manifest your glory. You know, we have a heart to see your glory and your power manifest here on the East Coast. See what I mean? We should be really starting to think more about craving these kinds of manifestations. But I think what we've done so far is we crave the, the gifts of prophecy and word, in, you know, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and those things are good. And they encourage us and they strengthen us. But I think God wants to step beyond um, just believing only in those six gifts of the spirit. He wants us to really stretch our faith and say, if you don't covet these things and desire these things and long for these things, you're not going to see them. That's why, you know, the Bible says we perish because of a lack of knowledge. Well, now we have knowledge. Okay. So I just really believe that God is really stretching us. So the crossing of the Red Sea, when the bread came down from heaven to feed the children of Israel, what was that? That was an intervention into the ordinary course of nature. Okay. What about when he, um, caused water to come from a rock that was an intervention in the ordinary course of nature okay so the list just goes on and on even when you think about when when the egyptians started to cross the red sea right you know they're they're you know they're they're crossing the red sea and then the waters go back the chariot wheels are taken off and the the the, the lord's enemies are destroyed what was that it was a working of miracles in manifestation. Not only that, but you think about it, that God led the children of Israel with a, a, a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. What is that? It's a working of miracles. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, you know, can I just have like a little cloud? And so you could just tell me where to go and what to do and how to do it. You know, we just need these gifts to be a manifestation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I think sometimes, and I've heard of this, I actually had it happen to me. Um, you know, we've heard of times, meetings or prayer meetings where gold dust appears on people, right? I've heard of that. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't really believe it. And, and I'm the kind of person, you know, I, I just want to stick with the Bible, stick with the word, show me where that is. And one day a friend said to me, you know, I, I actually had it happen to me. I was getting ready to speak at a church and I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm just waiting, you know, they're doing, they're, we're going through the worship. And I didn't even believe, you know, I, I just, I, I just, there was so much of that going around and people were really, they were worshiping the signs and the wonders more than they were worshiping God. 
had heard more about signs and wonders and gold dust and feathers and, and um, um, you know, angels appearing and all of that. Then I heard about magnifying the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm the kind of person I was like, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to preach the word and help people to understand the Bible and grow in their faith because we're living in perilous times. And that's what people need. Signs and wonders are not going to really, you know, cause you to be able to navigate these hard times. It just encourages you, right? So I'm sitting there and I'm getting ready to speak. And you know how, you know, lady preachers do this, guy preachers don't do this. So I'm, 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 I go in my purse, you know, get my lipstick out. I'm putting on my lipstick. And I look at my purse and my purse is like filled with all this gold, gold substance. Okay. I don't know what it was. And I was like, okay. So then, um, then I looked on my pants, you know, I wear a lot of black <laughs> and my pants, I looked out of my pants and there was all this sprinkly gold substance on my pants. Now I'll be honest with you. When I got up to speak, I didn't tell everybody. Oh, I got gold dust in my purse and gold dust on my pants. I just preached the word because these people, you know, there was so much going on in the region in that hour. I just preached the word to help them to um, activate their faith and be strong to overcome their circumstances. I think I preached on overcoming necessary truths in challenging times. And so when I got home, I looked in my purse. And I'm like, really? This is really in here. I looked up, I hung my pants up. And then when I went to do my next meeting, my, my one daughter was, was here with me and I never told anybody, never said anything to anybody because I don't want people to worship me or think I'm special because that happened to me. So I just kept it to myself. I didn't even tell the pastor and his wife and the pastor and his wife were major Holy Ghost people, major believed in all the signs and wonders and were outstanding real apostles to the nations and they spoke to 50,000. They saw signs, wonders, and miracles in other countries. They were just longing to see them right here in their region, which happened to be York, PA. So I never even told them. But anyway, when I took out my little black pants that I was going to wear for my next conference, my daughter was here. And there it was, that little gold substance on my pants. I, I laid them on my bed because I was putting my outfits together. And I just looked at Jacqueline. I said, Jacqueline, I, I don't even know how to tell you this. And I said, but you know, there is gold, a gold substance on my pants and I had it happen to me in my purse and it is a sign and a wonder from God. And I never told anybody. And I showed her my pants and she said, oh, mommy, you know, what is that? And so then I went to another conference after that and a friend of mine, Gary Fishman was there and my other friend, Paula was there. We were in the car, we, we, we all went out to, to lunch and Gary, my friend, he, you know, he's into the signs and wonders and the gold dust and the feathers and everything. And I said, Gary, I said, I have to tell you what happened to me. And I told him and he says, yeah, it's, it's a sign and a wonder. Um, I said, but Gary, <laughs> I said, I don't even believe in that. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you guys. I'm just being honest because I was so turned off by all the hype. Do you see what I mean? Because sometimes we, we go into one ditch and then the Lord's got to bring us back into the middle and get us back on the other side of the ditch, you know, you know, and the confidence, people's confidence was in, in the, the gold dust and the feathers and not in God and the word. And I'm watching as a leader, people struggling and people going through challenging times. And so I didn't really want to magnify that. 
But Gary said, he said, yeah, it was a sign and a wonder. It's part of the signs and the wonders. And I just thought as I was teaching, that came up out of my spirit to share with you. I just think it was just the, the working of miracles in operation. Like, how does that possibly happen that this type of substance appears on my clothes or in my purse when I don't even believe in it? That was just the Lord. Okay. I know of, um, you know, I don't know if you guys know who Bill Johnson is. My, um, my editor, one of my editors told me a story that he was preaching one day in one of his services and it started to rain behind him a mist. And I said, Amy, really? I go, well, what did he do? She goes, I wasn't there, but I heard about it. She's, I said, well, what did he do? And she said, well, he just kept preaching. <laughs> so what was that? It was a sign and a wonder. It was a miracle. It was a true uh, work manifestation of the working of miracles an intervention into the ordinary course of, of nature. We shouldn't worship those kinds of things, but we should be acknowledged that that's God. It's God's doing something. He's up to something. So I just wanted to share that with you. Um, um, there's just so much more about the working of miracles, but we're going to go ahead. You know, I, I want to say this again. In we'll see how far we, how, how we're doing. I'm going to keep going if that's okay. So God said, covet earnestly the best gifts. Okay. He said, Kenneth e. Hagan said, if we as a group don't have them, it is because we are not coveting them or desiring these things. Think about it. So I'm believing God, Acts 10 44, for signs, wonders, and miracles. Lord, you know, manifest your presence. And I actually have a manifest on me, you know, with that substance of the gold or, and everything. And I didn't even, I'm like, no, I just didn't, I just don't know. I just, all I have to say is, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we need to be coveting those things, you know, not making a God out of them, but coveting them, okay? I remember back in the day, um, there was a guy that used to come to Faith Fellowship and he would, he would literally have people's teeth filled with gold fillings. What is that? That is a miracle. That is a sign and a wonder. So we need to covet these things. If we don't, as a group, if we don't have them, it's because we are not coveting or desiring these things. Um, Kenneth E. Hagen said, I am thoroughly convinced that as we covet these things and desire them, they will be more in manifestation than they have ever been. It is not going to just come because we sit around and talk about it and wish that it might be so. He said, Brother Hagen said, what the Bible says, to desire spiritual gifts. If anybody really desires anything, they are going to make some effort in that direction. Okay. Paul said to covet the gifts. The dictionary defines covet as to desire earnestly. Paul said to desire earnestly spiritual gifts. A lot of people have desires, but they are not very earnest about it. Let's desire for these things to be made manifest amongst us. Let's covet them as a body, as a group, as believers, and let's pray. We've done it in our meetings. We've prayed. We've coveted. We've worshiped. We've reminded God. We've asked. I mean, I had this one girl one time, you know, my daughter's friend. And she needed new lungs. I mean, no, I mean, I'm talking brand new lungs. 
and we prayed, and we believed, and we asked, and we received in our own human ordinary faith. And in her situation, she did get a pair of lungs through, through a, do a, um, a donor and through operation. And it was amazing because the lungs did stay in her body. They weren't rejected and she's doing very well. Well, God answered our prayer, but I was believing God, just give her new lungs. Has that ever happened? It happened in the ministry of Catherine Coleman. People would get new hearts, new lungs, crippled people would walk. Um, so we need to covet these things. A lot of people have desires, but they're not very earnest about it. Let's desire for these things to be made manifest amongst us. Let's covet them as a body, as a group, and let's pray. It will, it will, be, it will be all right to pray that the mighty Holy Ghost will manifest himself among us, dividing to every man severally as he wills. Let's pray that this special faith working in miracles and gifts of healings, that these power gifts will be more in operation than they have been in our midst. Let me encourage you guys to do so. Let's do it daily. Let's covet them. Let's ask for them. Let's believe God for them in our church services. I mean, I honestly feel so sorry for people who are, who are sick and who are diseased and who are in need of healing. You know, sometimes I just wish that I was God. I'm not God. But if we have the gift of faith and manifestation, that special faith, we will move not at, we, at, like God, so to speak, when we're in the spirit and what God desires to do will manifest. And, and so I really, really believe that that's what he is, uh, you know, calling us to really begin to be aware of that it's his desire to manifest these gifts. Okay, so. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pray a prayer and we're almost done with our teaching. We have four more gifts to talk about and I believe we're going to be done uh, by the end of the month, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go and pray. So father, we just come before your throne. Oh God, father, God, you're the creator of the heavens and the earth. You're the God that formed the mountains. You're the God that, that, formed the sea and the flowers and the birds and our brains and our bodies. Father, we as a group, we just covet earnestly that these power gifts would be in manifestation. We covet earnestly that you would have your way, that you would do what you desire to do, Lord God. Lord God, we know your heart. Your heart is moved with compassion toward the sick towards those who are in need of healing. We know that. Father, we desire to partner with you in your heart's cry that all men would be saved, soteria, deliverance, safety, healing, and soundness. That all men would come to the knowledge of the truth of who you are. And that is that you're a good God, a saving God, a healing God, a miraculous God, a God who is more than enough as Jehovah, Jaira, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Sidkenu. We ask that you'd manifest yourself and manifest your glory in this day and in this hour. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.